Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Hilchais Malva Voloiva Pedak Tisha Asa is speaking about a scenario where the lender, where the Malva, who's coming to collect the debt, is being told by the borrower that money he does not have. And therefore, he c- collects it from his property. And as we have been learning, you go to his metaltalin. If he does not have metaltalin, then you go to land that the borrower o- owns. So number rule number one says that Ambam, that if the borrower has different category of qualities of land, and we're going to categorize them into three, that which we will call idios, which is the best of his properties, the best meaning not that it's worth the most, it's all worth the same amount, but it's the easiest to turn into cash. It's located in a place where whenever you put something up there for sale, right away many people want to buy it. That's called idios. The other side of that is called ziburis, properties that are the worst, relatively the worst properties, not because they're worth less. They can have the same value, but it can take much longer to turn it into capital. And then you have properties that's called Bainan, is the average. So the rule is like this, that even though Midin Toira, when a Malve is collecting from Karka, he collects it only from Zeburis, the Chachamim made a Takana, in order for people to be more uh, open to lending money, that they get to collect it from the Bainanis. And by the way, just putting them all together, we learned previously, not that long ago, in Hilchas Niskim Amin, that if someone owes money because he damaged other people's properties, if it comes to collecting from his land, he has to give up his idios, his best. When it comes to a woman collecting her ksuba, she gets it from the Ziburis. But coming back to our topic, the Balchoyv gets it from... The Bainan is, now says that Ambam, let's go back. We learned that if the Loiva doesn't have any properties, now the Malva gets to the Lakuchas and he can expropriate it, he can take the land from someone who bought the land from the borrower once there was already a lien on that land. So the rule is like this, that if the borrower has Ziburis and he sold properties that are Bainanis, since he has B'nei Chayden, you can only collect it from the B'nei Chayden, even though it means you're only getting it from the Ziburis. If you don't have any more land because you sold them all, it also will depend. And let's say like this, that if the borrower sold properties not on the same date, the rule is, since the ones that he retained was the one that had the lien on it, even if the one that he retained is the Ziburis, the last one that he sold will be the first one that the Malva will collect it from, no matter what its quality is. Hilchais Malva Voleva Pedic speaks about a person who has many debts, he has a lot of chayvis. And the rule is, number one, is that the person who lent the money first, which means the person who got the first lien on the properties of the borrower, will be the one that collects it first. And that's not only a din of lachatchila, it's even a din of bidiyavit. That if the last one, the one who has a document with the latest date, happened to collect his debt first, we'll take it away from him. We'll take it away from him. Now, by Medvaramamurim, that we have what we call this din kedima, we have this law of precedence. The one who loaned the money first has the precedence of collecting first. That's if the lands were owned by the loiva during all of these chayves. So therefore, it was leaned first to the first lender. Masha'enkein, what happens if when the person borrowed money, he had no lent? Elama, like we learned yesterday, 
that if they write a clause in the document of loan, that whatever I will buy in the future will also be lean to this debt. So let's just give an example that Reuven borrowed from three people. He borrowed money from one on the 22nd of other, from the second person, 23rd, and from the third person on the 24th of other. During all of these three loans, he owned zero land. On the Shchaydish Nisan, he bought land. Again, provided that there was a clause in all of these three documents that future lands will also be linked. Since when he bought the land, at that time, he owed money to three people, even though one debt began before the other, there there is no din kedima. Another rule, that whenever the lenders are collecting from a taltalin, even though, again, one loan was given prior to the other, there is no din kedima by metaltalin. Now, the Rambam will come to the following scenario. Wherever there is no Din Kedima, and all of the various lenders are going to Beisden, and Beisden realizes that the property that the Loiva owns cannot cover all of the three debts. Again, when there is no Din Kedima. So you have to divide the property to all of the three. The question is, how do you do it? So there were other Poiskim that they say, well, in proportion to whatever money was loaned, Accordingly, you will divide the property. The Rambam does not accept that when it comes to collecting from land. The Rambam holds that whenever there is no Din Kedima, just the example he gives is that you have, you have three lenders. Reuven loaned 100, Shimon loaned 200, and Levi loaned 700. Let's say the land that the borrower owns now is worth $600. So this is what you do. First of all, you want to divide the land according to the number of the creditors, that's what the Rambam is saying, and not according to the money of the loan. Now, you can't divide the 600 according to the number of the creditors because 603 will make each portion 200. Reuven is only owed one. You have to take a part of the land that when you divide it according to the number of creditors, one part will meet the debt of the lowest or even less than it but never more than it. So in our case, you take half of the land, which is 300, you divide it into three, each one gets 100. Reuven is completely removed. Now you have Shimon and Levi. To Shimon, there's another $100, and to Levi, there's another $600. The land that you have left is worth $300. You can't divide that into half, because then each half will be 150. To Shimon, you only owe 100. So you take 200 of the remaining, you divide it into half, Shimon gets his second 100, you remove him, and now all of the remainder will go to Levi. is now going to speak about a case where you have a lender. The lender loaned, just as an example, 200 zuz. The borrower, Shimon, who owns land, only owns land worth 100 zuz. Well, so be it. So that land is lean to the debt, but it doesn't cover all of the debt. Came along the borrower and he sold the land to a third party. While it was under the possession of the third party, the land now went up in value, and now it's worth 200. So a couple of, a couple of rules. Rule number one is, is that even though during the sale it was only worth 100, just in concept, since now the land is worth 200, the loan was of 200, so the lender gets to collect the whole 200. However, that the increase in price did not come about because of the purchaser's investment in the land. It went up, just for example, because the price of real estate went up. He only paid to the borrower 100. 
Reuven loaned the borrower 200. The land now was worth 200. He gets all the land back. Abed, however, what happens if the purchaser invested? So here we say that the principal, the Keren, all of the Keren, that means the, the money that he paid for the land, the $100 is collected by the lender. The second $100 is divided into half. Divided into half, simple numbers will mean 50-50. The purchaser will end up with $50. Now that Amam in the chapter deals with the question, how does the purchaser keep those $50? Does he get to keep land in the value of the half of the Shavach, of the $50? Or can the, can the lender tell him, you have to leave, I'll give you the $50 in cash for Ayn Bifnim when we say this and when we say that. But hold on. Then we go further. What happens if the increase in value wasn't only because of the efforts of the purchaser, but it was because he actually invested money? So the Rambam ultimately quotes the Shita of Goinim and Chachamim with whom the Rambam sides that this is what happens. The money that the purchaser invested, all of that money he takes out. So let's just say again, he bought the land for 100, the land is worth $200, but how did it go from 100 to 200? Because the Lekeach invested 50 and his investment of 50 doubled, doubled in value. Now it's worth 100. $50 he pulls out because that was his Hoytzahs. It is only regarding the other 50 in which we say that half Taka goes to the lender and the other half, the other 25, will stay with the Lekeach.